Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Nolan Gorman, is frequently passed up. My name <laughs> is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Yeah, what the hell? Where is Gorman? <laughs> I'm covered and, in Gormania. And, <laughs> it's I mean, spreading. hey, guys. Uh, and this week, we are going to be talking about the new shortstop situation for the Cardinals, the beginning of the Juan Yepes era, maybe some early season trade talks, and yes, we're going to talk about some other birds. you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at TalkAboutBirds. Well, Ben, I got to say, it's hot as hell here in St. Louis right now. <laughs> um, we're, we touched uh, 95, 96 degrees. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, it's May. Uh, I was going to do this show uh, without a shirt on, uh, but we film these sometimes now. <laughs> And I don't think the world is ready for this jelly. So, um, you know, here we are. Uh, it's hot as hell already in St. Louis. But I, but I guess I'm excited for Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, you know, he's definitely a seems to prefer the hot, hot boy season. So. But um, as somebody who is traveling to Missouri the day this episode drops, I'm very disappointed to hear that. <laughs> I have not looked at the weather report uh, prior to my travel yet, but I will be bringing only gym shorts and T-shirts. So that is a. Uh, I guess good to know. Well, I think it's supposed to cool down this weekend, um, but it is it is frustratingly hot for already for it to be May. And let me tell you, what people love in podcasts is weather talk. So, um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm you know I'm excited. Been mentioned coming in town uh, this weekend uh, to embarrass ourselves yet again at at a uh, fishing tournament. How, how are you feeling about it? Well, if I think anyone who has listened to this podcast for more than 30 minutes or so can probably surmise that we are uh, computer boys for sure. <laughs> um, we do well in the, in the digital space. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how great we are in the, in the physical space. And not that like fishing is a particularly physical activity, like old folks can, you know, do it and, and do it quite well. Um, but we're, we're stupid. Famously in old folks uh, uh, <laughs> activity. We're, we're we're maybe um i don't i don't know how we, it's like there's like a physical uh stupidity that i think that we hold um and the fact that we didn't fall out of the boat last year i think was probably mm -hmm. a win um i think that's I a do high, think high point of the of the trip we're doing so it's a crappie fishing tournament and i think the last year we had probably like a 10 hour window where we did not have a single fish on anyone's hook um <laughs> Which was bad. Which is, if you don't know anything about fishing, like the kind of the whole point of crappie fishing is that like you're not going to catch anything that's particularly big or exciting, but you should catch a lot. Um, and so it's just a volume like act, game, yeah, yeah. So just the act of catching fish is is there and should be fun. And uh, we were in a uh, a tournament that happens every year that my dad hosts. So it's really just us and a bunch of his uh friends and and family retired and, uh, gentlemen yeah yeah a bunch of retired gentlemen and uh 
it's uh, uh, Ben and I and another uh, buddy of ours, and um, we we placed. I think there were 16 people in the tournament and we placed 14th, 15th and 16th. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good morning the first morning we did. and that was I, it. It felt, I felt good, you know, and then, um, the amount of hours you, you mentioned the, uh, the amount of time we spent not catching fish. Um, that was with lines in the water. At least we were making an effort. There were hours of just various mistakes that led to us not even having lines in the water that uh, also really impacted the the bottom line as far as the tournament goes. We um, definitely ran into like a, a mud bank going about 35 miles per hour, which took us mm-hmm. maybe two hours to get out of. Oh, um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's, I don't know if it speaks to our strengths, but I'm going to have an ice cold Budweiser in my hand <laughs> and, uh, and my bros in my boat. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it is funny, you know, fishing has been a part of our lives, both of our lives, our, our entire lives, basically, but I really don't do it that much anymore. And I uh, am definitely uh, more comfortable on a uh, a keyboard or a game controller <laughs> than I am on a um, on a fishing reel. <laughs> Classic computer boy statement right there. There's no Bitcoin in this water. Uh, <laughs> lame <laughs> I, don't, I don't know um so yeah it'll be fun though um you know i think we'll probably be able to listen to some cardinal games i that is actually generally my how i engage with more games more often than not i'm listening to them and it should be nice out there on the boat hopefully not 95 degrees um but uh even still you know wear a nice hat uh drink some good budweiser and listen to some cardinal games and and laugh about how Mike Mike Shannon used to call them. Yeah, are you are you growing to like our new uh, Ricky Horton announcing almost every game? Are you okay with this now? I'm fine with it. First of all, Question, I should say actually. I've always I've yeah. always liked John Rooney. Um, well, I, Rooney's I'm, great. Yeah, I'm a big fan of John Rooney, and so John Rooney just becoming even more of like the centerpiece. Totally fine with me. I really like him. I. Uh, <laughs> I sold him like five iPhones back when I worked at the Apple store and um, I had like a hookup with the, uh, the, like the business guy at Apple. And whenever there would be like a Cardinal player or some sort of, you know, mid-level celebrity that was coming in, I'd be the one to take care of him. Um, and so I spent like two hours with John Rooney selling him uh, a whole family plan of iPhones and, it was great. I asked him, uh, hey, do you mind if I you know, talk baseball with you? Because I'm sure that can be obnoxious, too, to just be forced into baseball conversations all the time, given his position. And he was like, no, man, that's my it's my life. I love it. You know, so we we talked baseball for for quite a while because uh, selling iPhones is a inherently like dull experience. And there's just a lot of downtime as shit turns on and whatnot. And uh, uh, but also. Uh, something with like his contract screwed up and he had to pay like 40 extra dollars on something. And man, he was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's his like, money. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I hate the phone companies too. Um, it's just the whole like whole experience sort of took a turn as he like <laughs> sort of just ranted and raved uh, about, you know, charges and stuff. And um, I get it. I'm, I was on his side, but uh it was a it was a it was quite the mood change from like yeah. uh fun baseball conversation. 
Um, I also sold an iPad to Dan McLaughlin, but um, uh, he was like, you know who I am? <laughs> I <was> like, Dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know who you are. But um, You don't want to know how many hours I've listened to you speak. Y- yeah, right. Um, maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I like John Rooney, I guess, is, is where I was going with that. The question I wanted to ask, is Ricky better or worse than Jimmy Ballgame? Better, because... I think Rick Horton is at least aware of his own sort of awkwardness and goofiness. And he is like trying to be funny at times. And um, I I don't, I think like where he can be sort of obnoxious is the, like the sort of like aloofness, I think. Um, Whereas Jim Edmonds, like, I mean, he's become a meme on, on Twitter and whatnot. (laughs) Like the the, the text text. messages. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. Like, I think uh, Jim Edmonds is a better um, analyst, you know, um, when he's doing his analyst stuff. Uh, but as as a just like color guy, um, I would prefer Rick Horton. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I hate all of that. Um, <laughs> I think I've said this before. I'm arguing I want the Brad Thompson, Jim Edmonds, Dan yes. McLaughlin booth. Give me all three. Why not? Brad Thompson is smarter sounding and funnier than Jim Edmonds. And Jim Edmonds can come in and speak for the hitter side of it. I, I think yeah. that's what they should be doing. Listen to us. Yeah. Listen to us. Put us in there. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're good. Yeah. I should have their job. <laughs> they should be fired and they should give the job. I should also be the manager too. I really feel like I have a better understanding of, um, you know, bullpen usage and whatnot. Yeah. I think, you know, I was at the driving range the other day and I was thinking I could be a pro. I yeah. know it's not, I know golf and baseball aren't the same thing, but in, enough that I could do it. You were out there playing golf thinking you should be a baseball pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yes, that is what I'm saying. Okay. Give, okay. Let's move on. Let's talk. <laughs> Uh, anyway i look forward to getting last place again uh in the in the fishing tournament this weekend so we'll report back next week see the problem is we we can't use the skills of being younger and being more adapt to technology with fishing like if we were doing most activities with a bunch of old dudes i'd say we'll beat them with physical prowess or understanding of the internet and there's like nothing you can do with that for for fishing so no, it's about like, oh, the sun's up. They're hitting chartreuse spinners right now. Let's go to the old dock by uh, McCormick's got, Lake. Or like, you what? gotta bang the bank up against the big dock. The bank, yeah. yeah and if you see right. if there are white birds flying in this direction, that means the bait fish are over here. <laughs> Shut up. Leave me alone. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway, let's talk about the Cardinals. So uh, some. Uh, Big news over the last week, something that, you know, ultimately is unfortunate. We, we're never rooting for this, uh, but something that I think, you know, it's been kind of a long time coming um, and I thought it was going to happen at times last year, but um, here we go. Paul DeYoung has been optioned uh, down to AAA in order to get in the work uh, and hopefully refocus and return to the form that we really haven't seen consistently since 2019. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm of course as hopeful as the next guy that our near gold glove, 30 home run hitting uh, shortstop can return to that form. I hate to say that I'm skeptical of that, but uh, you know, 
I am. He's been pretty rough for a couple years now. Um, but ultimately, I'm just glad something has finally happened. Um, I hope that he returns to form. But if not, I'm also glad that he's not taking up at-bats on the uh, Major League roster anymore. And, you know, we've been waiting for this for a long time because finally this opens up a spot for us to make the big call-up, the one we've all been waiting for. Kramer Robin Robertson has been promoted <laughs> from AAA uh, to um, fill in on the infield. So yeah. what, what, what news? What a big week. Yeah, I think, well, I think we should talk about DeYoung before, yeah, before we get into that. So yeah, I, I think it's a long time coming. Like you said, his 2019 year where he had a WRC plus of 101. So that is slightly above <laughs> average. But like you said, if he's playing, if he's hitting right at average, he you know, he, that means he's typically hitting bombs and he's playing great defense. That is a good player. He put up 3.7 F4 that year. That's great. Since that season, he has, what do we got? 182 games of, uh, of, uh, of play since then. He's got a 79 WRC yeah. plus with stellar defense. That's all great. But yeah, I think this move, I mean, yeah, we've been waiting for this for a while. I think that he's been a bench player for a while. And I think the other problem is like the Cardinals shortstop depth. That 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 is really why this has taken so long. And you could argue right now, um, with, you know, obviously Kramer Robinson just got called up, but there's not really a major league shortstop on the team right now. We're going to see what Brendan Donovan does there. Uh, Kramer Robinson is probably going to get a start or two. I I know they just announced the lineups and he was not on it uh, for today. Um, I don't know if he's strictly a bench guy. Um, I don't think there's anything to be too tremendously excited. He plays decent defense and he walks a little bit, um, but he he is by no means a hitter. so yeah, I don't. I, I'm I'm happy to see that this ha- is happening because the offense has been a problem. Um, I don't think the offense like it's not like when Dion goes the the uh, Dion goes the the offense goes or anything like yeah. that. But having somebody who is uh, hitting like a pitcher in the ninth spot yeah. when we have a DH is not productive, right? And it's just time to really commit to trying something new. I mean, like they did last year. I'm still so confused or perplexed by the fact that Dion essentially lost his job last year to Edmundo Sosa. And we all know Sosa played way above his head. Um, And that was part of why he stayed in playing the hot hand or whatever. But for some reason, that entire shakeup was completely reversed at the start of this season. Um, And we kind of talked about that last week about just, or maybe this is a week before about, you know, commitment to a guy and, and, you know, the contract and all of that. But Still, I was very surprised that they went into this year full on, full force. Paul DeYoung is our starting shortstop. And then it took a month, um, over a month of games of just real struggle to to finally make the change again. But I am glad that they're committing to the change. Like optioning to AAA is a real commitment to the chain, not the sort of, you know, we're going to start splitting time or whatever. Um, and they have said that Sosa is going to get the first shot at winning the job outright. So uh I'm still confused as to the hesitation of committing Edmund too short. Um, he played a lot of short through his career. I, they keep talking about how good of a second baseman he is. I get that. But, you know, he played all over last year. He wasn't exclusively the second baseman last year. He even played in the outfield last year sometimes. Like, they moved him around. And for some reason, they have been, like, 
overcommitted, I think, to to his defense at second base when, you know, he I'm sure he we well, we really don't know. We haven't seen it for a while, but I, I'd be surprised if he's not a pretty good shortstop. And with the way he's hitting, like I think it would be worthwhile to throw him over there and get Gorman up here. But obviously that's not happening just yet. Yeah, I mean, he is, you know, far and away one of the better defensive second basemen in the league to the point where it's like, oh, well, maybe he's such a good defender. He should play a more premium defensive position and at least see what that looks like. And I think yeah. the Cardinals defense is good enough that even if it is a slight drop off, that's OK. Offense is the priority right now. So, yeah, I'm good with all that. I- I'm definitely excited to see Sosa. I think we've talked about like I think. You know, it's hard to argue because it's been such a limited time. Is he an actual better defender or even on par with Young? I don't know, but he yeah. is more toolsy. He gets hit. He's extremely fast. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm definitely curious to see it. But, you know, hearing Ali and Mozela kind of flirt with the idea of slowly integrating Tommy into the shortstop position is very interesting to me because of the whole at second base that that opens. And, of course, the Cardinals, what, number two prospect who is continuing to destroy baseballs yeah uh, could easily slot in there um I, and you know we'll, we'll talk about Yepes in a second but like seeing Yepes's early success in in very limited time has got me thinking like yeah just throw the kids in there let's Get go they seem ready yeah. yeah yeah um i and i we have heard um uh, mo now reference nolan gorman directly in regards to second base and his future there and it basically was like, we're going to see how this works out now. And, uh, you know, before we make a commitment to Nolan at second base. And so, um, you know, it, it, they're, they're really taking their time with him. And I do get the sense that, uh, they feel that once they make that decision that Nolan Gorman is coming up, uh, he's going to, you know, start the first three weeks of games or something at second baseman. And, and, and I can understand like, not wanting to do that without really feeling certain about it because I, I think they don't want to call him up, have him start a game, sit a game, start a game, sit a game, you know, move around a lot. I think they want him to be a fixture once he's up. And so you're essentially saying when you do that, you know, one of these other guys is no longer having, having a starting job. Right. And so they want to see what they have, which in some ways I am appreciative of because they have been, uh, we've been upset at times with us not letting guys get a good enough look before they get moved out, right? Randy Rosarena. So, you know, maybe they're trying to do that with Edmundo Sosa, just like make sure, you know, he looked so good last year. Let's let's give him a real shot at this before we, you know, say no to him. Because I think if Gorman is our second baseman, then Sosa, or Edmund is the shortstop, right? So maybe they want to see more Sosa and just really get a better idea is that was that something last year? Um, but even still, if that was the case, then why start him basically buried in the bench to start the season? So I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he's on the COVID IL right now, so hopefully he comes back. Uh, you like know, talking to yourself come, in circles there. I know. So none of this matters anyway. Uh, you know, all life on Earth will end eventually. So what are we even doing here? Um, wow. Um, and I think, you know, like before we get all the way there, you know, Brendan, Brendan Donovan got a start yesterday. Brendan Donovan's getting started at shortstop today. Yeah. He hasn't looked bad. Um, he hit a he dinger. Hit a dinger. I, I mean, I don't think there's anything to complain about, uh, yeah. Brendan so far. Uh, and you know, whether he is just going to be kind of a guy that pops all the left hand bat off the bench and a guy that pops all over the infield and 
the outfield corners. That's interesting, but we saw him make a very nice play from short yeah. with a very strong throw. So I, I think that's something to be encouraged by. Um, I also think that we're kind of at the point with Paulie D's offense being so bad that I would put a large wager that Brendan Donovan and or Edmundo Sosa are going to out hit him by, by maybe not necessarily a lot, but enough to, I mean, it has what, to I be think something. He's got like a 122 average poly poly D. Yeah. Right now. I mean, he's well below the Mendoza line. So yeah, just getting away from that, you know, addition by subtraction type thing. And, and hopefully like you're talking about one of these guys, take it or Tommy Edmonds slides over who just keeps hitting and stealing. And walking. Yeah. Um, Paul DeYoung has a, this season, has a 29 WRC plus. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's almost, it has to be better than that, right? He's uh, currently worth negative 0.3 uh, Fangraphs war. Um Yeah below replacement level, right? So uh, I, I agree with you, Brendan Donovan. It, it even feels like it just has to put up more competitive competitive at-bats. Like it just, that bats have been rough. Everything about it has been rough. And uh, he is a good defender, but he's not. It's not like, you know, you got friggin' uh, Andrelton Simmons out there or something where it's like you could, you could hit a 29 WRC plus and, and be a valuable player. Nope. Yeah, I mean, like, and even that, Anderson Simmons isn't that bad of a hitter. <laughs> so, right. Well, of course, of yeah, course, it's all, all that wrapped into itself. But yeah, I, I see what you're coming, where you're coming from. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I think this is the the biggest sort of roster story as far as um, you know who's going to end up uh, as um, you know who's going to end up where long term. Um, so lots lots of still developing uh, pieces on this team. Um, I think let's get out of this, uh, you know, hellhole of sadness and into uh, something that we are really excited about. And we've been, you know, hoping for since um, spring training. We thought he'd make the team. He didn't, but didn't take that long for him to get up. And uh, now he is uh, crushing the vault. Juan Yepes. Uh Exciting. Uh, well, I, you know this, Nate, but I call him Juan Yepes. Because I'm so excited about him being yeah, on the big good. league team. It's good. <laughs> Dang, I, I I thought you'd like that a little bit more, but I, I was no, it's that. good. I'm proud of you. I'm more. I'm happy for you. Um, yeah, well, Juan Gabe I... has he's come up. You know, I was thinking about this, and <laughs> we've had a run now of prospects that have been some degree of highly touted. And have come up and have kind of taken the normal pace of players being like, you know, not great uh, in their MLB MLB debuts. That is the most likely thing, right? Most guys come up and struggle, put it together, and slowly build a career before becoming, you know, all-star level or above. Um, that's the average. You know, I'm thinking Dylan Carlson, uh, Tyler O'Neill, you know, two of the most highly touted Cardinal people to come up recently. And and we've seen that O'Neill took a couple of years before he really broke out. And then Carlson is in some some purgatory of breakout and and not, you know, for, for the last uh, several months of baseball. And um, meanwhile, though, while that is the norm, you know, all over baseball for several years now, the stories have been the young guys coming up and crushing, right? Like almost all of the generally 
perceived best players in baseball right now are like under 25 years old, right? Acuna, Tatis, um, I don't know. You know, you could keep going and keep going, right? Um, and Maddie. it's been kind of disappointing that like we haven't really had that on the Cardinals. Our best players have been really great players, but they were acquired. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, stuff like that. Um, so to finally have a, a someone that we're all very excited about come up and like out of the gates be an exciting player um, has added to my sort of enjoyment of it, of just being like, oh, this is what it feels like for like a, a you know exciting prospect to come up and have an immediate change on the team. Now, of course, super, super small sample size, right? Um, but we're going to talk here in a moment about some of this it looks and feels real. Do I expect him to be, uh, you know, have an over one OPS or anywhere near that for the for the rest of the season? No, but uh, it certainly has been fun to start. Yeah, I mean, I think Yepes. There, there's the other exciting factor in the Yepes story is that not that he was nobody. Like obviously, the Cardinals targeted him and traded for him when they did that Matt Adams deal with the Braves. So there was something in there that they liked. Um, but really, I mean, he was a guy that, that would hit, he didn't strike out a ton, um, and would make decent contact. And he, I, I, the only thing I can really assume is that the lockout was really good for him. The offsite yeah. was really good for them. Uh, starting in 2021, he has basically put up a 150 WRC plus or higher, uh, at every level. And so obviously he started 2021 in AAA or double A went to AAA, mashed started this year, super hot in AAA, and has come up and kept hitting. So now, you know, there's something also really exciting to have this kind of not that he was no one, like I said, but have him come out of relative nowhere and mash all the way. And then he comes up here and he looks completely unfazed. I think uh, I think that adds to the fun of it that you kind of feel like we stole somebody away from the Braves a little bit there, um, especially with the DH coming to the National League. This is it's kind of, you know, it, it seems he, he's not going to play first, obvious for obvious reasons. He's not going to play third for obvious reasons have a perfect spot. And I think, you know, the Cardinals, you said it last week, the Cardinals feel good enough about him to have them stand out in left field or right field every once in a while. Um, and yeah, outside of that, I, I think I, you know, obviously we didn't watch him play very much down in the, in the minors. Cause I'm just not watching those games all the time. Like I'm the big league games and the, the broadcast has pointed this out too, but I love that he is using, he is very clearly to me using his a swing on strikes on the first two strikes and then when he gets down, he kind of closes up his stance and becomes a bit more of a slap hitter. And I think that that is something that frustrates me about watching the Cardinals um, is that they there doesn't seem to be a lot of that approach. It's a swing all day. And I'm not necessarily saying that's bad. You have some players that can absolutely make that work. But it's nice to see somebody with a different look who's having success, driving the ball up the middle. He's already popped a home run. Like slight opposite uh, Apo Taco in uh, one of the hardest ballparks to hit a home yeah. run in. I know it was a little bit wind dated, but I encouraged by everything I'm seeing seem like he's smiling. He, you know, that, that whole <laughs> sub story about his, his uh, mom, his, was there, his mom. Know, he hit a home run. Yeah. It, it's all, it's all coming up. Yepes, Yepes right now. Yep, and thank uh, you. it's very exciting. Yeah, um, as I call him, Yepes. And I want to read, I'm going to read my little note. It's sort of a dig at Corey Dickerson and that's okay. Uh, but Yepes obviously extremely limited time. He has seven hard hit balls in 17 events. Um, Corey Dickerson has six in 42. Uh, so that alone, like talk about addition yeah. by subtraction. 
Um, right now, and I, I, I'm not ready to call the Corey Dickerson signing a total failure because it's still early and he's a veteran and blah, blah, blah. But in what a quarter, not even like a, a fifth of the time, Yepes has already outproduced him. Um, so seeing somebody that can actually make something happen and, and is making things happening on the offensive side is, is, I mean, encouraging, yeah. right? Well, and even if the Corey Dickerson signing ultimately doesn't work, like I think we all agreed it was a good signing in the moment. You know, it's that sort of depth that we've been looking for that everyone complained about the bench last year and rightfully so. And you solve it by taking uh, shots at guys like Corey Dickerson or like the Cardinals had done with Brad Miller in the past. Um, you know, and sometimes it works like Brad Miller did and and sometimes it fails like uh, uh, Ty Wigington or, um, you know, Corey Dickerson now. Um, but, uh, I mean, in, uh, in his time as a Cardinal so far, uh, Corey Dickerson has a negative 0.4 fan graphs war. Uh, so not great, Ben, I'll say that. Um, and, uh, Yepes, Yepes has a 0.5 fan graphs war already. He's been half a win above replacement in his short time as a Cardinal. And yeah, I think he's, he's that like sort of. He's young, so he can play outfield still, uh, kind of guy. Um, and ultimately, I think he'll he'll slide in the lineup almost every day as the DH, and in one of those spots. Uh, and I, I can't see any reason to stop starting him now. I think he'll get his normal days of rest and rotation like anyone, but like he's been a real um, jump start to a to a struggling offense. And that switch from Dickerson to uh, Yepes, and even Pujols to Yepes. Um, you know, significant upgrade, at least right now, early on. And, and you know, I, I was just double checking the lineup for today because I was, I, I thought I must have misread this, but something very curious. Yepes is starting in left field and Corey Dickerson is starting at DH. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of that, really. Do they think that Yepes is a better left fielder than Corey Dickerson? Do they just want to get the kid out there? Is Corey Dickerson hurt? I, what? I don't know what to well, make of that, but that seems really bizarre to me. Corey Dickerson's really tired. You know, he needs that day of rest. Um, no, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess like, that's what, a like less than half the games this year. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a cool fifty-three plate appearances. Um, so with a thirty WRC plus, so <laughs> better than DeYoung, um, but uh, less valuable still. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun, um, and like you said before. Uh, would love to get Gorman in there and just see, you know, are these young guys who's going to click? Um, we expect, obviously, regression for Yepes or just a normalization. Um, but there's no reason to believe that he's not good, as you said. He has a track record. He just turned 24, so he's still very young um, and will probably improve, let alone, you know, um, repeat or look like what he yeah. looked like in the minors. And I think, you know, as far as, you know, take whatever value to the eyeball test, but passing the eyeball test too, it just all looks right to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. So that's really exciting. And, and we know the offense, uh, needs all the help it can get. So, um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about how the, how the last week has gone. Um, we had a four game series against the giants in San Francisco. What a beautiful ballpark. Um, <laughs> Have sure. you ever been to Oracle Park? I have never been to the city of San Francisco, period. Mm -hmm. I uh, I went to San Francisco for the first time in uh, October of last year. 
it was great. Um, and we went by Oracle Park, but uh, it was like late October and there was no baseball to go to. So uh, it's a cool city. Um, but I mean, you know, one of the most beautiful ballparks, I think, uh, you know, in the league. So uh, I'd love to go to a game sometime. Yeah, I would too. I, yeah, I, I, I have no aversion to San Francisco. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, so, you know, we spent a while talking about how the Giants are uh, maybe the best team the Cardinals have played. I think probably now in hindsight, after another week of games, we'd say the Mets were definitely the best team the Cardinals have played. And uh, they almost, you know, if it wasn't for a very unlikely Arenado error um, and a brain fart from Gallego, so it would have taken two of three from the uh, from the Mets. And uh, going into San Francisco, tough pitching matchups. Um, you know, I think we were ex- expecting a difficult series, and ultimately uh, started off with a bang. Uh, Cardinals take the first two, and then lose the last two. Um, ultimately I felt pretty good coming out of that series. Uh, I know the giants are scuffling a little bit, but I mean, what were your takeaways from that series? Yeah. I, you know, it's the consistency on the offense is, is really what we're looking for. We obviously saw Matt's have a very bad start. Um, Ooh. dude's rocking a seven ERA or something like that right now, which I don't really know what to make of. Um, I, I don't think we need to get into his pitching again in depth this week, but yeah, obviously that's frustrating. Starting pitching has been has been frustrating. That is the weak spot of the team right now. Um, even though I'm, I think we're going to kind of rail on the offense a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, in a I was going to say, uh-oh, uh, I think we're about to make a point that the offense is a weak part of this team. So uh, maybe that's why the team uh, has ultimately just been inconsistent. Win two, lose two, win two, yeah. lose two. Um, yeah, and you know, we have it right here, the the run diff on that, uh, on, on the week that was behind us now. Cardinals scored 33 runs, gave up 25 plus eight run diff uh, over the, you know, going three and three. So you, you expect to have an over 500 record when you're putting up those runs and you have that kind of run differential, but that's, that's exactly the problem. There's one game you give up 12 runs, uh, another game you, you, you score 10 and give up zero and it's all, you know, I bring that up because we just need to see it balance out a little bit. And the offense is really, I don't even know if it's a negative of the team right now. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I guess now is probably a good time to dive into what, what the hell I'm getting at. Um, so, and I, these are numbers that are based on the entire year's performance. And I think illustrate this, this is the picture of inconsistency, I guess is the way, <laughs> the way to phrase it. Um, the offense, it, we're, I'm going to talk about barrel rate and barrel rate is essentially if you're hitting the ball hard at a good angle, um, you, you can look it up more than that, but essentially if you're barreling up a ball, high probability of home run or hit, um, I think it's over 50% on, uh, barrel balls, but, uh, look that up. Uh, the Cardinals are 27th in the league with a barrel rate of 6%. So there are only three teams that are worse than they are at barreling up the ball. Not great. Something I think that's even worse is they are 30th. They are the last in the league in a- average exit velocity. velocity. Even worse. Uh, you can't get worse than that. That's that's as bad <laughs> as you can get. Um, yeah, in a in a game uh, that exit velocity is now on like the jumbotron, and exit velocity is a is a key metric that has really risen over the last few years to be something that people very value and really look at. Uh, dead last 
And Not another, good. we'll go right into another stat that I think is highly valued or at least talked about ad nauseum, uh, launch angle. Cardinals are second in launch angle, um, meaning <laughs> that they are the team that is is hitting the ball on average at the highest angle. Um, and a lot of that is because Paul DeYoung has been popping up the ball so often. That will just yeah. totally throw, especially this early in the season, will throw off your your metrics a little bit. Wait, but, wait, let me. Wait, if I, so, if I understand this correctly, you're saying they are hitting the ball softly and straight up, and you're telling me that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so I now, just don't know enough about baseball. I, I think, I think, and you're 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 hitting exactly what I'm getting at. <laughs> if you are top and exit velo, and you're towards the top and launch angle, you have to. You you know you're the Yankees from the early 2000s. You're just popping bombs all day, but. Those two things tied together is exactly what Nate is talking about. A lot of lazy fly balls or f- fly balls that are either not getting into the gaps or not going over the wall. So therefore they're not scoring um, all that. And I, I want to kind of like uh, uh, argue my own point here for a second. The Cardinals are still 10th and average on the season. How do you explain that? I, you know, I think there's multiple ways to explain that. They, they've obviously been hitting and they have a lot of speed on the team, which uh, I was going to say, I think it's the speed. Speed is a big part of it. And then still like Goldschmidt and Arenado um, are putting up a pretty good batting average between the two of them. So like they're getting hits. Um, There's just gigantic holes in the lineup. And, And if they're not getting like singles, basically they're popping it up and, you know, making outs that way. Yeah. And you know, Arenado has obviously had an awesome start to the season. Uh, Paul uh, Goldschmidt has been coming on a bit, um, which, you know, and I think we're not really worried about. Yeah, at this point, I'm not worried about Paul. He takes a little bit to heat up and then gets going and puts the team on his back. I guarantee he hits a home run in tonight's game. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, It's too hot out. (laughs) It's too hot. Um, But what I found interesting when I was kind of digging through this, if you're looking at StatCast data and peripherals alone, Tyler O'Neill has been the best hitter on the Cardinals. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, Dan and, and they've been talking about how he's kind of in between. If you dig into the numbers a little bit, the actual, not necessarily the results, but the performance, O'Neill has been hitting the shit out of the ball. That is the note that a I A lot wrote. of line drives right at outfielders. Right at and people. he's had a he lot has, of good plays made against him. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I think you can see it if you're looking at the, um, look at the outcomes, you know, he, he looks a lot like he, has been last year, just maybe a little worse luck. His barrel, he's uh barrel rate on the season is 13%, which puts him in line with players like Vladdy Jr., Shohei Otani, and Juan Soto. So you're they, not those mad guys about are pretty that. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously I cherry picked those three names, but they were yeah. all within a less than a percentage point away from uh O'Neill. And obviously, all three of those hitters are doing quite well. Shohei is really starting to heat up all of a sudden. Very excited about that. Woo. Um, yeah, the, but man, it, is there a more fun player than Shohei? No, that's not even close. That's not, yeah, it's not even close. And like, I, I, I have always had like har- I've harbored some resentment towards the Angels. I think for even though I don't blame, like I, I you know, I've never blamed Pujols for like going to them. I thought it made a lot of sense for him and his, you know, personal choice. But like, I always had some resentment towards the Angels for like that contract. And then, like, you know, they went through that run of just, like, buying everybody in. And, like, even though I've changed now to where I'm like, yeah, buy everyone should be paid more. But, like, for whatever reason, I basically harbored resentment towards the Angels, right or wrong. It's just how I've felt. 
Um, and then they also have Joe Madden as their uh, manager. And what a f- fucking goober that guy is. So um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm trying to get over that because yeah, you sound um, like you're you're right on the edge of just turning that page. It's it's almost there, Nate. It's I, I just need to get over it because yeah, I mean you've got be- one of the best players of all time, Mike Trout, next to one of the best players of all time, maybe in Shohei Otani. Yeah. And and then, you know, there's other guys all around the lineup that are are fun. And so um I, I'm hopeful actually that they make the playoffs because I want Shohei to get um you know more spotlight. Uh, you know, I he that team and Mike Trout deserves a deep playoff run or two as well. Like I just want to see those played guys in have. one career playoff game. Yeah. Is that true? I believe so. That they, yeah. That was lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um obviously it was lost since he only played in one um yeah he's also while we're talking about the angels shout out to anthony rendon who hit a left-handed home run Dude. off of brett phillips last How night awesome which was, was amazing that? <laughs> yes. that was there was a no-hitter thrown in that game and i definitely was more locked into the anthony rendon left-handed home run that was incredible yeah, yeah what a what an awesome game just across the board no hitter thrown from a rookie and a dude making his first career at bat as a left-handed batter and he crushes one and, and Rendon has had uh you know he's not really been what he what he used to be so maybe this will unlock something for him a new bout of confidence his uh so. his his fan graphs page looks really funny when you look at splits now because now there's a whole new line of uh, <laughs> left-handed batter versus right-handed batter you know or pitcher uh, which is so funny I mean dead like dead center left right like he crushed that thing oh yeah yeah it, yeah, it went to awesome. the, the deep seats and up high too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I love to see um, you know, when these guys like he's like I'm gonna goof around and I'm gonna bat switch even though I don't. Uh, but I'm also like I'm not gonna hold back. You know, right. I'm gonna go for it. So it just uh, speaks to how ridiculously athletic the like any baseball player is, and not let yeah. alone one of the better ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, anyway, Joe Hayes fun. Yeah. Um, Joe so Hayes fun. Get back to yeah, uh, O'Neill. The results are coming. Don't be worried about yeah. O'Neill. It, it's it's all looking good. It just he needs a little bit of luck, and uh, I mean if he gets a little bit of luck and gets locked in even more, he'll I think he'll be back on that MVP style of play. It's gonna I, be wild. All that's been said, he, I'm not worried about him yet. Yeah, it's gonna be wild when he still ends the season with over 35 home runs. Yeah. <laughs> so so what's wrong? Okay, those are all the good things. Arenado's being Arenado, Goldie's heating up, O'Neill's just waiting for the results. The culprits, DeYoung, obvious culprit. Um, we belabored that. We don't need to talk about that anymore. He's down. Um, Carlson, I think he's been uh, obviously a huge gap that we all expected. Carlson is starting to heat up a little bit, so we're happy to see that. Um, and then Bader. Bader is another person who I, you know, I, I if you would have just asked me on the street, I, I would probably say Bader's the type of guy that hits the ball hard. Um, and, and he has speed and it just all works that, but really we're seeing that he just has a really hard time hitting the ball square, very low yeah. bar- barrel rate. The lowest on the team, I think right now, actually, besides Tommy Edmond should have wrote that number down. Um, and what I also thought was interesting is that he's basically hitting his career average. This, this is kind of who he is. So his value is really going to come on the, on the defensive side. So we need Carlson to produce. And then Yepes, who I think. I don't want to put too much pressure on a rookie who just came up and hasn't really done anything, but this might be the the, the kind of access point that turns the Cardinals offense around. Um, you know, assuming that Carlson can stay heating up and, and O'Neill doesn't crater at any point, 
Um, And assuming maybe Sosa or whoever just puts up like, hell, even 80 WRC plus, maybe 100, you know, league average offense out of that eight or nine spot um, would be a significant improvement. If we're if we're counting the removal of Dickerson going from a 30 WRC plus to whatever Yepes normalizes to uh, and the removal of um, DeYoung to, you know, whatever Sosa slash Edmund slash Donovan slash Robertson, you know, are able to produce. Um, it is definitely um, a combination of addition by subtraction and also just the the um, addition straight up of some good hitters. Um, you know, I, uh, I I think we'd be remiss to talk about Bader and not talk about the inside the park home run last night. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, kind of a side, kind of a tangent to the overall topic, but I, I, we, I just have to talk about it. It's so funny. First of all, I mean, he thinks it's gone off the bat, which is hilarious. Yes. He was uh, pimping I mean, it in the box for sure. Yep. You get that full on swag Bader swing that we all love, right? I mean, that's part of the fun of Bader, um, that when he does connect in that way, you know, he pimps it got the hair flow in. He has such a long swing, you know, have at the, and you know, um, <laughs> but, but it's not gone. Uh, and so much so that Yachty thinks it's going to be caught. So he stays sitting, uh, at second base. And then, uh, whenever it is not caught, Yachty now has to, uh, thick boy Yachty has to hoof it from second to home and Bader, you know, who is incredibly fast, Basically catches up with Yachty from home plate to back around, um, which made me think like, I wonder like if I was standing on second base on second base and, and Bader, you know, we, we were basically like, I, I wonder if Bader could beat me from home to home and me from second to home. I'll, or like, I'll help you from wondering this. He would absolutely beat you. I think so too. What would absolutely. he do it in like 16, 16 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Nate, you're so quick, but uh, did no, you see he me at that Chrono Five K? I did. I got like three hundredth. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. But anyway, I love Yachty looking over his shoulder and being like, "Oh, sh-, you know, like, oh yeah." And he had a big smile on his face after they crossed yeah. home, and probably needs an oxygen tank. But yeah, that yeah. was uh, pretty fun. Also, yeah. Orioles beat us, so I'm not happy about that part of it. Yeah. But whatever, I'll survive. Well. Hey, you know, they're they're not good, but maybe they're slightly better than we're expected. We'll talk about them a little bit later. So mm. um, but yeah, obviously, you know, you look at the Orioles on your schedule and you're like, sweep, hopefully at least two of three. So uh second game of the series is tonight. We'll we'll see. Uh with the Paul Goldschmidt home run that I've predicted, uh <laughs> I, I think we're in a good spot. Well, Packy's awesome not starting player. tonight. No yeah. offense, Packy. Packy Norton. Um, yeah. I don't I don't understand that move. Nobody's explained it to me. I'd I'd like it explained like I'm five why that happened. Um, there are so many other names that make more sense. Jake Woodford could have came out of the bullpen. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't like that. I'm annoyed by it. Um, it didn't go horribly. It could have gone a lot worse, but they lost the game because of him, arguably. So here we are. Yeah. My, I, I'm wondering if it's something with like, you know, starting the game off with a lefty or something, but like the, um, the only re- like whatever, like, you know, bullpen usage is confusing. And if it's a bullpen start, 
whoever your first one is isn't dramatically different than whoever your second one is, your third or whatever. Um, I'm not too worried about it. The thing that was annoying to me was uh, him coming out for the fourth inning. It was like, man, you got three innings of Packy. Uh, he only gave up two runs. You know, it didn't look, it's not like he was lights out. It seemed like that was enough. I don't know why they needed to go out for a fourth inning. And maybe it doesn't ultimately matter. You know, they won by more than that, but he immediately gave up another run and was pulled not that long after. So it just seemed like, like two runs over three innings from a Packy Naughton start. Packy Naughton um, seemed like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, um, seemed like that's the ideal outcome and why risk it when the bullpen is arguably the Cardinals' biggest strength. You know, so I don't know. A lot of, lot of confusion in, the, in that whole situation that I don't, I don't understand either. Well, um, I think we've we've covered enough for this this week. Hopefully, we see some of these continuing trends of of um, you know return to uh, success for O'Neill and Carlson and whatnot. But um, we've got some other Cardinal news we want to talk about. But before we get to that, uh, I want to remind everybody that this show is supported on Patreon. If you enjoy the show, want to support it, want to help its continued existence, consider donating to us on Patreon. Anyone who subscribes at any level gets access to our private Discord, the Bird Scored, uh, where we talk about the Cardinals and uh, you know try to talk about games as they're happening and various rumors and, and instances. And it's been fun so far. Um, small, but we'd love to have you be a part of it. Um, that's at patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, if you aren't able to support me at Patreon, totally understand. Uh, We appreciate those that have, Um, but if you can't consider leaving us a positive review on your favorite podcast app, it helps and it makes us feel good. So, uh, and tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your grandparents, do your grandparents know about podcasts yet? Probably not. Tell them while you're in a fishing boat with them. It'll go well. Uh, Just grab their phone and subscribe. You don't have to do anything other than that. Do what I do. Grab my family's phones and rate talking about birds at five stars. <laughs> uh, so, Ben, speaking of uh, you know, talking about us online, why don't you tell the uh, people where they can find us online? Yeah, well, we're not online. I mean, we have our socials are online. I'm not on. Sure. I, I don't know what. what no, I bought some um, real estate. Some, yeah, like, what is it? Um, blockchain real estate. Yeah. That's exciting. I, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at talk about birds. Uh, you can follow us on the Instagrams at talking about birds. Uh, and if you have any questions for the show, you'd like to comment on, uh, the shirt that Nate is wearing today. He's a cool cat. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's repping it. Uh, hit us up, uh, email us at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, we love to hear from y'all. And, and like Nate said, I'll just reiterate, you know, word of mouth, please. And thank you. Absolutely. Well, um, speaking of the bird scored, we had an interesting discussion there the other day that we want to talk about a little on the show. I think this is purely uh, fan conjecture, um, you know, wish casting, you might call it. Um, but starting to see uh, people projecting the Cardinals pursuing Xander Bogarts in the uh, at some point this season. 
And you can see why this makes sense if you are playing like a video game and you just get to like create trades out of nowhere. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the pieces kind of line up with what you would normally expect from a, like a mid season rental. The Red Sox were supposed to be good this year so far. They've been really bad. The AL East is stacked. So already it, it's feeling like they're out of contention. Obviously it's, it's really early in the season and things could turn around, but, um, with just the way the AL East is playing and how rough the uh, Red Sox have been, you already start to count them out. So with them considering to possibly be out of contention, they have one of the best shortstops in baseball and his contract ends at the end of the season. Obvious trade piece, right? Uh, And then the Cardinals, obviously we just spent 45 minutes talking about uh, the problems at shortstop. I mean, could you imagine a better piece to slot in than Xander Bogarts? I mean, obviously, maybe there's a discussion about uh, defense, but like, he's he's very very good offensively, and he's not horrible at defense too. So, or maybe he plays second, and you keep Edmund or whoever there. But anyway, a lot of things line up for it to make sense for the Cardinals uh, to pursue acquiring Xander Bogarts. And that's fun. It's fun to think about. It's fun to think about trades and I don't want to like knock down anyone, but boy, howdy, do I think that this is unlikely. Uh, <laughs> ben, what do you think? I, I think I, yeah, it's unlikely uh, just because of the blockbuster nature of it. And that just obviously decrease, decreases the likelihood of anything like that happening. Cause there's gotta be a lot of moving parts. Definitely going to have to pay for Xander. Um, I, I do think there are some interesting factors and, and I think you kind of nailed it on the head. Like, Xander Bogarts, they're still the same position, but they might be as opposite of players as you can possibly find at the shortstop position. Uh, Light hitting glove first guy with not really. I mean, Paul's glove is very good. I wouldn't say he's got an amazing arm, amazing range, amazing bat, anything like that. He does have power. And then you look at Xander, who is one of the best um, hitters in the league, and he just happens to play the shortstop position very steadily. Uh, all that to be said, I do think there are some reasons that it does make sense. And you can, I'm not like saying this is going to happen, but you can, you're not, it's not necessarily tinfoil hat line of thought. Um, one of those things being, we just had the biggest shortstop offseason payout we've ever seen. Every team who <laughs> needed yeah. a shortstop, other than the Cardinals, arguably. Uh, went out and got their guy or said, you know, if you're the Astros, you double down on Pena or whatever. So there is not a lot of fits for Xander Bogarts because those holes have been filled. I think another thing that's interesting about it is the fact that the Red Sox just committed $140, $150 million to Trevor Story. And in the same offseason, they offered Xander Bogarts like, 60 or 70 million dollars less on an extension the way i read now maybe it is possible that the owner john henry just liked trevor story and said i don't care go get this guy um and heim bloom wasn't as much part of that evaluation as one would assume but i can only you know make my comments off the information that's provided to me that reads like they like Trevor's story for the long term. They're not as much sold on Xander for the uh, the long term. So I think if unless something happens here relatively soon, if they don't try to extend Xander relatively soon, he does seem like a guy on the outs. He does seem like he's not a part of the long term plan. Maybe the move is to put Trevor at short next year 
who's obviously a very good defensive shortstop. He's not hitting right now. Then they go try to extend Devers, uh, who is very good, and he's still only 25 years old. And they let the 30-year-old less good defensive shortstop, who is still a premier hitter, let him walk. Um, We've seen this front office let star players walk in the past. Maybe they'll try to trade if the, especially like you're saying, the team has not been playing well at all. They, I think they have the lowest walk rate in the league, which is just not how this team has been working for the past three or four years, even when they've been down. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I read it. That being said, this team is weird and I don't fully get it. Um, yeah. obviously underperforming what we thought, but when you really look at their team, the construction doesn't make a ton of sense. The pitching just isn't there is really what it comes down to. They need like career years from a couple of guys who are not uh, their best player in the year so far has been Michael Waka shout out Waka Waka. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, all that to be said, I do think that there's a trade that makes sense here. I do think I would not be shocked if the Red Sox want to move on from him. The question comes down to, is that something that Mo wants to do? Would they play him at short? What does that all look like? But let's just like to have fun with it. Take a look at two months down the road and the middle infield uh, is Bogarts and Gorman. I mean, yeah, they might let the balls get through, but they're also going to put a lot <laughs> over the wall. And I, I, even with Xander's success that he's had, I still think that he is just an underrated offensive player. I love how he swings and, and just his whole approach and everything. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of him and don't let my skepticism, um, you know, cloud the excitement that I would have for something like that. I just, you know, I, I, Every off, every um, trade deadline now for years has been so anticlimactic for the Cardinals, and I, I just the the degree that they committed to De Young and the amount of time it took for them to basically you know commit to a replacement just leaves me very very skeptical that they're going to commit uh, future resources to a short term rental like uh, like it would take to get Bogarts now. To add more on on you know your side of the argument, midseason rentals have the markets really evolved. You know, in the in the past, even not that long ago, it would cost you your blue chip prospects to get these sort, sorts of guys at midseason. You know, thinking about um, uh, the Cubs have traded you know Eloy and Glaber Torres and and big guys like that at, for for uh, midseason additions, and they all you know, worked out well, they didn't really work out all the time for the Cubs, but anyway, that way it was not uncommon to trade a blue chip guy for a midseason rental. And I think the last few years that's been reduced as teams continue to increasingly value their prospects and their and their top guys. So maybe you pull off something with like a uh you know Alec Burleson and a other, you know, lesser guy um, Burleson is, I would have to think that the Red Sox would be targeting pitching. Burleson may be yeah. a part of that as well, but you, my my read on the situation is they'd want a starter or two. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, how do you feel if you know the Cardinals suddenly are trading? Um, not like we have crazy starting pitching depth. Um, you know, they're they're probably looking for someone pretty good for him. So um, I don't know. I just I don't see the Cardinals actually doing it just based off of previous trends. Um, but hey, it'd be fun if they did. So I'm, uh, I think it's fun to talk about, uh, cause yeah, I mean, Bogart's going into this lineup would be, would be huge. Go get him, Mo, do it, make it happen. Make it happen. 
Um, any other sort of you know rumors like that or ideas around trades that you want to talk about? I'll just I uh, I was kind of just curious. This got me down a little bit of a rabbit hole, so I'll just throw out some names that I think are interesting on teams that I think would be motivated to trade. Uh, Black Paul Blackburn has had a great start to the season. Uh, yeah. He is the, on the A's uh, as well. Frankie Mont- Montas still out there um, and makes a lot of sense for the Cardinals. I still think you know if I'm the king of this team. I'm still starting pitcher would be the number one thing I'd be focused on. Um, another name. And, and this, uh, the reason I, I picked out this name is not because it is particularly exciting to me, but it does seem like a very John Mose. <laughs> yeah. uh, Martin Perez is rocking a 2.55 FIP early on this season uh, so far uh, hmm. with a 53% ground ball rate. And that looks exactly like the type of player the Cardinals would go for. He has yet yeah. to give up a home run. He's not walking anybody. He's not really striking anybody out, but he's being effective in the strike zone and getting a ton of ground balls. And obviously we know how good the defense is and, and that makes a lot of sense. So I would say if I were to put money on anything, it'd be a player like Martin Perez. And then I'll, I'll dream a little bit about Montez and, uh, and uh, Xander, although far, far less likely to happen. Now we know it's going to be like some uh, middle reliever from the pirates or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be too cynical here. It's just there's only so many years in a row I can be refreshing MLB trade rumors at midnight, uh, you know, for nothing. So, uh, all right, well, let's, let's go Martin uh, Perez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that you know, I they usually do something, right? Something. It's just it's yeah. rather it's rarely these big ones. So Martin Perez, you might be right. That's like exactly uh, <laughs> where it'll where it'll land. Um, it could be worse. It could be John Lester or uh, J. A. Happ. <laughs> But, yeah. Um, although that worked, I guess. Sure. Uh, all right, we're going to move on. Um, we're going to return to a segment from our original version of this podcast. Now we have not done this yet uh, on our reboot, um, but you know we're a month in. The name of our show is talking about birds, and obviously, you know, we primarily focus on the Cardinals. But that's you know, we want to be inclusive. We want to be inclusive to all birds. So uh, there are two other teams in the majors that are bird related. That is the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays. And so we're going to, uh, we're introducing our newest, dumbest segment, talking about other birds. Thank you to associate sound producer Chris Phillips for that uh, uh, beautiful new song for talking about other birds. Other birds, yes. All right, so quickly, let's dig in here. I thought this would make sense to do now because we are currently playing the Baltimore Orioles. The last time the Orioles were in St. Louis, Albert Pujols was the starting left fielder. How about that fact for you? It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so let's start with the Orioles. Uh, what's going on with them this year? Uh, a a team that is routinely laughed at, right? They've been kind of bottom barrel. Let's make fun of the Orioles. Um, you know, it's been like them and the Pirates, I think, have really been like the butt of like, aren't these teams bad jokes for, for a handful of years now? And, you know, rightfully so. They've been 
very bad for several years in a row now. Um, I think they are part of the reason why you see these crazy win numbers in a lot of the AL East teams because they all just get to beat up on the Orioles. Um, And I'm not going to say that they are anywhere near good this year. Um, They are going to end up below 500. They will likely end up last place in the AL East again. Though right now the Red Sox are underneath them. Um, But there's a few guys on the team now that are are kind of fun, kind of exciting. Um, if we look at their record right now, they are 13 and 17. The Reds would kill for that win total. Um, yeah, they might literally kill for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they had a breakout season from Cedric Mullins last year a 30, 30 season. He's 27 years old. I mean, what an exciting player. He's fun to watch. Um, we saw that a little bit in the game. Last night with the Cardinals, um, you know, dynamic player. Uh, he, him, and uh, Austin Hayes are currently leading their um, uh, position players in Fangraphs WAR each, accounting for one WAR each, um, which isn't crazy high. You know, they're still a thirteen and seventeen team, but like that's a pretty good clip, and they could end up being, you know, if if they can continue a pace like that. That's super successful seasons. And Austin Hayes is a guy that has been sort of like what Cedric Mullins was until his breakout last year. Everyone keeps saying, like, he's going to break out. This is going to be a year. You know, at some point, Austin Hayes is going to have a 25 25 season or something like that. And not calling that now, but he's been looking pretty good. Um, and guys like Anthony Santander, uh, Jorge Mateo, Ryan Mountcastle, like, their lineup can be good. And I think there are some teams. Uh, in across the league that would trade their lineup for the Baltimore Orioles lineup right now. Not a lot of teams, please don't get me <laughs> wrong here, but um, they are not the worst. I don't think they're the worst lineup in, in baseball. Um, and, and they've got Adley Rutschman, arguably the top prospect in baseball. Definitely. If you take out the guys who call, get, were called out at the beginning or called up at the beginning of the season, like Witt and Julio, um, you know, he comes up, Maybe the Orioles are starting to be semi-competitive soon. Still unlikely, but at least they have some fun players on their team for what feels like the first time in a while. Yeah, and I think their position player side is a lot stronger now than it has been in a long time. Like you said, the the breakout of Cedric Mullins, Santander being consistent. He kind of broke out a couple of years ago. But they are still a team that is starting Rugnet Odor and Robinson Chirinos. Yeah. Uh, Trey Mancini having a bit of a down year right now. He's a player I like a lot. Also, just the story of uh, around him is, you know, heartwarming and all that good stuff. But the pitching is bad. I, I mean, and this is what you should get when you are paying. I think they're under $30 million for their entire payroll. And they're still paying Chris Davis a good chunk of money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do not like how the Orioles have been ran for quite a while. I would say yeah. in the early 2000s, I considered my, the Orioles were my AL team that I followed mm-hmm. uh, when they had, uh, you know, Melvin Mora and Miguel Tejada was on the team. Um, there was, uh, uh, my mind is blanking on some of their, uh, Brian Roberts uh, was their second baseman who was a fantastic player. They used to be a great team and they have just been such a bottom of the barrel team since, I mean, Buck left, I guess, really. Um, yeah. with no sign of improving, um, like they just started scouting internationally, like three <laughs> years ago. Yeah. No. Hey, at um, least they're trying. At least they started. 
they are starting. They are trying. Um, the thing that I think is a bummer is, is like, is Cedric Mullins going to be around long enough for Allie Rushman to get into his prime? Um, I, I don't know if I can answer that with any confidence. I'll say the same for Santander um, and the same for Mountcastle. Mountcastle is another player I don't think you mentioned who I think is very exciting and uh, could, could be a guy that's around for a long time and hitting bombs for a long time. Um, but yeah, like I just don't see an obvious plan and they're not spending money. And that's kind of frustrating. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I yeah. don't love that is not what baseball needs. Um, I, I guess I'll also point out that uh, Bradish uh, pitched very, very well against the Cardinals the other night. I don't know how much <laughs> yes. of that was him. He's definitely looking very good to start the game. That fastball was playing in that slider tight curve, whatever that breaking ball was. Definitely. I mean, there was a swing that Juan Yupez took on it. It was uh, 0-2 curveball slider or whatever. And I mean, he just had no chance. It was yeah. nasty. So obviously they have they have talented players and there are guys there that can make a difference, but it's like their timing doesn't make sense. And they're be- arguably one of their best players or their best pitcher uh, is out with Tommy John, um, the right. lefty. Uh, John Means. John Means. He, he's gone for the year and into next year. So I just don't understand. I would love to know what their five-year plan is because it is <laughs> extremely unclear to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing right well right now ish. I mean, their bats are heating up. They made the card, you know, beat the Cardinals last night um, with an outstanding performance from Bradish, but you'd have to assume that the Cardinals take the next two games. And if they don't, you'll hear us cry about it next Thursday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're the pitcher on their team that's leading them in uh, F war is Bruce Zimmerman. And if that's the first time you've heard that name, uh, you are forgiven because uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, By the way, uh, Keegan Aiken, he's got 18 and a third innings pitch. Yeah. 1.96 ERA dudes lighting it up. There you go. Never got forget that. Uh, talking about birds bump. You know? <laughs> he sure did. All right. Well, let's talk about the, um, you know, on the other side of that, uh, You've got the Toronto Blue Jays, who, uh, from a results standpoint, um, you know, they're doing okay. They're 17 and 15 coming in at third place in the very difficult AL East. Um, But from a roster construction and excitement level, I mean, can you think of a more polar opposite of the Baltimore Orioles than the the Toronto Blue Jays? Star-studded. Um, you know, they've committed a lot of money. They went out and got big guys last trade deadline and during the offseason. They have uh, outside of Otani, maybe the most exciting player, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He should have won the MVP unanimously last year if it wasn't for the all, you know, the maybe single greatest season in baseball history from Otani <laughs> last year. Um, like exciting team up and down. They're they're not hitting quite to the degree that they thought they would or that you know you expect them to. And um, you know, Robbie Ray has been good but not great. Uh Barrios uh, has really Ray struggled. Not on that Wait, team. Did, did I say Robbie Ray? Um well, who did I mean? Kevin Gossman is here thinking Kevin, about. Yeah. They basically um, swapped out one ace for another ace about the same price. Yeah. Gosman has been good. Barrios has been struggling. Um Bar- so, yeah, Barrios has been rough. 
Um, and Alec Manoa looks like might be one of the best pitchers in baseball now. So like, there's a lot to be excited about this team and, um, they've been kind of my favorite AL East or just AL team now for a while, the team that I followed. And, uh, you know, I, I won't say that they will win the East. The Yankees certainly look legit and, um, the Rays are always a contender there, but, um, I'd be really surprised if the, um, Blue Jays don't make the playoffs. And I think they have as good a shot as any other team in the AL to make a deep run in the playoffs. It is a fun, fun lineup. Yeah. And I think like, this is how championship teams are built a uh, quick shout out for Alejandro Kirk as well, who is uh, just one of my, he just has like his player profile is insane. Yeah. He's like very short. He's kind of round. He walks a lot. He doesn't strike out and he's a fine defensive catcher. Uh, I just yeah. like watching him play and he's fun. Um, but just, yeah, I, I just want to reiterate, like, they have drafted well. Vladdy Jr., Bo Bichette, Lourdes Gurriel, um, and uh, who, who am I forgetting? Uh, well, they signed they George, for. They, tra- they uh, signed George Springer, who, when healthy, is, you know, he's leading their team right now um, with uh, 1.2 uh, fan graphs war. He's, as a position player, he's leading their team. He's great when he's healthy. Um, and so yeah, far, he, he's been healthy. So they draft well, they spend money well. Um, they get guys who have high upside Kevin Gossman, um, you say Kikuchi, I think was a pretty good pickup by them. Although he hasn't fully clicked in yet. You say Kikuchi. A lot of the- I say, I, I say Kikuchi. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> and then they, they the trade <laughs> and they trade for good players at the Barrios trade. It hasn't borne fruit yet, but I think it's going to the Matt Chapman trade. I thought was pretty brilliant. Uh, Ryan Maltapia, sad to see him go from the Rockies, but he makes sense for that club too, giving him left-handed look. Tay Oscar, I mean, they're just a well-constructed team with very little yeah. holes. They're waiting, you know, their pitching will probably click in. Um, their bullpen will as well, or their their built bullpen leaves a lot to be desired right now, but I think they'll click in. Um, but yeah, I, I would bet money on them being, they're absolutely making the playoffs. It's just a question of, do they win the division or not? Um, right. They're a team that I watch a lot. Um, I also like their announcing crew, um, although very sad news about Buck Martinez and, and him dealing mm-hmm. with cancer, and hopefully he gets back and healthy soon. But I, I love their TV crew. I love watching their games. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Blue Jays fan. It's, I mean, just watching Vladdy who hasn't even right. really heated up yet. Just watching him play is so much fun. Yeah, it's a great team. I'm a big fan. Um, and like I said, they are my AL team. I'm also a big fan of the Mariners, but um, I love the, I'm a big fan of the Blue Jays. So, uh, so we'll continue to monitor this story as the season <laughs> progresses. Um, I know you come to us for all your bird related content. Uh, and if you uh, didn't like this segment, don't tell us about it. Um, we're going to move on. We do to, not accept feedback. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to, uh, the final segment of the episode. Um, Ben, I'm coming back at you. Familiar challenge. Um, you've generally done really well at this game over our time together, but I think I'm going to get you with this one. We're here now for another round of who is this guy? Who is this guy? Honestly, I, I hope I do well because I felt a little beaten up by the Star Wars challenge last week. So I need a, <laughs> I need a W. Well, we'll see. So uh, if you're new to the show, um, I have a list of facts about a member, uh, a baseball player who at, at least at one point in their career was a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I So far, 
um, you know, I've stuck to, uh, or one of the rules or one of the caveats has been they, they were a, a, a major league player for the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not pulling someone who was like a prospect and then traded or something like that. They spent time on the major Brent league roster. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about him earlier. I was trying to think what was the last like big mid season acquisition the Cardinals made like rental. And I don't think it's Matt holiday, but it might be Matt holiday uh, when they traded Brett Wallace for him. So anyway, um, so I have a, yeah, a, a right. series of facts. What? I think you're right on that. I might be. Um, guess it depends on what you mean by like big, you know, because like, well, there was the big Colby Rasmus trade, but that was like for a bunch of dudes, you know, some yeah. of them rentals. Uh, but like going and getting a star, like a singular star um, at yeah, the mid season. I can't think of anyone. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, if you can think of one, tweet us at talk about birds. Uh, so I start with incredibly vague uh, facts about this player. And I get increasingly specific and Ben has to make a guess after each fact. So let's begin. This player was born on April 16th, 1969 in Sacramento, California and debuted in 1993. Debuted okay. uh, in Major League Baseball in 1993. Sacramento 69, debuted in 93. That's my, uh, my uh, AOL Instant Messenger handle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sacramento 69. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, okay, Sacramento. I know it's in California. Nice. Damn it, you got it. How'd you go? <laughs> 1969, definitely the end of the 60s. <laughs> definitely. Um, Unequivocally, the end of the 60s. <laughs> you cannot argue with me you on can't. that. Yeah. Debuted in 93, you say. I mean, that all that age stuff lines up with Jim Edmonds, but I don't think it is Jim Edmonds, and I cannot remember if... If he is from NorCal or SoCal. Um, so that doesn't really help me. Um, but since I believe in making a guess, I am going to guess Jim Edmonds because that's the only player that's coming to mind. Incorrect. I need a sound. I need a sound. No, I, I don't like it when you give me the buzzers and stuff. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> now I want to have a sound effect even more. <laughs> um, all right. This player won a gold glove in 2001 a and a gold glove in 2002 and was an all-star in 1998 they also led the league in hit by pitch uh in 1994 and 2000 um one of those was 28 times he got hit by a pitch so ouchie uh and in 1996 1998 and 2001, he led the league in put in uh, second base putouts. Okay, second base putouts. So he's a second baseman. That helps out quite a bit. Yeah. All right, and he got hit a lot. A second baseman that got hit a lot. He's from California. Definitely at the end of the 60s. It's helpful. And he, we can reasonably assume he stopped playing baseball in the early 2000s at some point. He debuted in 93. 
second baseman for the Cardinals. Wow. I feel unhappy with my brain right now. <laughs> this is a tougher one. I've, yeah. I've been going with, you know, like literally Cardinal Hall of Famers for most of this. So right. um, throwing you a little bit more of a challenge here. Yeah. And, and also, like, I, I think I'm struggling with the fact that the Cardinals second base has been a revolving door for such a long time. There are just so many people yeah. that fit into that mold. Um, but I need to make a guess. Uh, and oh God, I don't the the second baseman from that time period. I don't know his, if he's American or what his actual country of Oregon origin is. Um, so this is probably a bad guess. Oh God damn it. Um, spit it out. I need, I need to make a guess. Fernando Vina. God damn it. Yes. That you got it. Yeah. You're good. You got it. It's Fernando Vina. I thought I'm going to. All right. So nice job. You got it in two. Holy crap. Um, I don't know what's better. You getting it earlier if I should make it more obscure. Um, I was really struggling with like, is, is he, was he born in America? I could not remember that for the life of me. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got some more facts for you. I will see, you know, if you wouldn't have gotten it there uh, when you would have maybe gotten it. So uh, my next one was, this left-handed second baseman uh, played with Seattle, New York Mets, Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Detroit across 12 seasons. Um, you know, he spent four years with the Cardinals. So, uh, you know, I think it was after him that the real revolving doors really right, started. Right. Um, this next fact, my favorite one. Well, we'll see. He was once very famously crushed by Albert Bell, while tra- who was trying to break up a double play. Uh, he was also featured in the music video for Jermaine Dupree's Welcome to Atlanta Coast to Coast remix with Nelly Murphy Lee and the St. Lunatics. Really? Yep. I did so, not know that. I am going yeah. to watch that video as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> and then uh, my final one was. Now, I have no way to confirm this, but I bet his favorite drink is a pina colada. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Trying to make you know, trying to give it to you there at the end. Yeah. I think I would have gotten that one, I hope. I'm not sure if I would have gotten the Nelly one. I think I would have been uh I would have been way in my own head about that. I don't know who I would have guessed. I did yeah, I'm well amazed. Ever, that, that's an amazing fact. Have you seen the video too of him being uh crushed by Albert Bell? I believe I remember that, but I, I I'm not sure if I would have been able to call that one up from memory either. He was not a Cardinal when it happened. Um, and Albert Bell got suspended for five games from it. Um, but basically like ground ball right at the second baseman, he's charging the ball and, and bell it like they basically intercept in the base path, but bell instead of, you know, I think what a lot of people would do trying to avoid the impact, maybe go around or, or something like that. He basically drops his shoulder and just crushes Fina. <laughs> like, I mean, he goes down hard. Now, fortunately, he was totally fine. He got right back up. But um, it was like a football tackle, you know. And uh, it's it's on. It's all over YouTube. So so look it up. You won't yeah, see someone Albert, get just demolished like that very often. Yeah, Albert Bell, while a very good player for an amount of time, seems like an asshole. 
There, I feel like there's um, so many stories like that yeah. where it's like, yeah, he absolutely destroyed this person and almost yeah. ended their career. Um, but man, those Cleveland teams were good back then. They were good. So, all right. Well, good job, Ben. You got it in too. That was the most obscure one so far. So, um, uh, you know, nice work. Um, I always liked Fernando Vina, you know. Uh, I would say like top tier facial hair, like very yes. well manicured goatee, yeah. which I always respect. Keeps it tight. Yeah. Yep. As a sloppy um, person. <laughs> well, with that, um, that will be uh, the end of this week's episode. Thank you all, as always, for listening. Um, we will be back here next week with yet another episode of Talking About Birds. Wish us luck on our fishing tournament. There's a non-zero chance that we both don't just fall into the lake and live with the fishes. Um, <laughs> and uh, assuming we come back, uh, we will hope to return to some good Cardinal baseball. And we'll talk to you all next week. And until then, go Cards. Free Gorman. snake not not snake pool noodle <laughs> uh, well I'll, yeah. I'll make sense it'll make sense why i say snake in a second we have a purple so pool far, noodle yeah um and uh it's been like out on the floor recently and pixel has been going ape shit on it um yeah. and i think it's because she thinks it's a big snake like trying she, to kill it or she's afraid yeah she's of defending it. us oh wow Depot for the so winter. far, she's managed to tear it to shreds in several parts. Yeah. <laughs> we have a uh, like a foam roller. Yeah, um, we've similar had it for years, I think, at this point. Yeah. And the the ends are just one hundred percent cat bites and uh, and and fraying. And yeah, they yeah, it's a big fat snake. I'm a snag. Uh oh, <laughs> I'm a snag. I'm a snag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, the I'm snake's a back. Another little snag. <laughs> 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 So we got, uh, there go, we got rid of the snake. <laughs>